Yo, this is Chaos with the Blacklisted Podcast. And if you like, you can follow us on Facebook at Blacklisted Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Blacklisted Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Blacklisted Pod. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send an email to blacklistedpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would be so kind to rate and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you steal your free podcast. Fade to Black. I am the only man that can cure the world by speaking words. Black art, the Almighty. Blacker than a panther, blacker than Atlanta. Open like the starry dark background of Saturn. Mighty like the builders of the pyramids in Africa. Stronger than the Afro larger than Alabama. Deeper than your soul, blacker than a black Santa. Wild as Larry Davis is when he can give a damn. Or a fuck motion like a slave ship slicker than a pimping hoe getting dope slicker than a macro. Super fly flyer than a super fly anthem. Here we are again at the diner. Movies black cows having dinner. I'm having fish and chips, and what do you mean? BLT. BLT. So, um, we're just realizing that today, today, that everybody in the wrestling business would say, Vince Man will never quit. He'll never leave. He ain't gonna leave this company until he dies. But guess what? He ain't dead. But he is gone. So, as of today, 7-22-22, Vincent Kennedy McMahon is no longer a part of World Wrestling. Not only is he not CEO, he is no longer head of creative, he is no longer allowed to have any input with this business. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he sells off some of his stock now. Because he has a controlling 38% or something like that. Yeah. So, who is the CEO? Well, the acting CEO, Stephanie McMahon, is now going to be a co-CEO with Nick Khan. You've been following this stuff for the last couple of years. You should not be surprised. Because if Vince would have died or anything, I think that's how it was going to go. Yes, Stephanie was going to be the face of this company. Even though they laugh in her face because she can't do her job. Right now, her job is to be a McMahon that stays out of trouble. That's her job. She's, they know she's not going to be, hopefully, not sleeping around. Because now, Paul Levesque, Triple H, is now the new head of talent relations. So, that means he does the hiring and firing of talent. In front of the camera and behind it. So, I don't know if, what's his name again? The big buck tooth son of a bitch. Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Will he be done in the coming weeks? I don't know. Let's see how many bridges he's been burnt and, and was protected by Vince. Will Bruce Pritchard still be there? Because he, right now, before Triple H got this job, he was the acting head of talent relations. Because so, before that, it was with Big Johnny, John Laurinaitis, but he's involved, involved in this. with this. He was stepped away. So, and, and again, if you don't know, Vince McMahon is in trouble for 
started off him paying off this girl for three million dollars that worked in the legal department that he had an affair with. Not only did he have an affair with her, he then after he was done with her, literally, this is not me being mean, this is just fact. When he was done with her, he gave her as a gift to John Laurinaitis, the head of talent relations, so he can play for a little while. Mind you, John Laurinaitis is the stepdad to the Bella Twins. Yeah, people forget about that. What does what, what Miss Bella got to say about all this? Yeah. So, and he walked, he, he was, he's incommunicado since this thing dropped. Then they found out two, a week to two weeks later that Vince paid $12 million combined with three other women as recently as 2008 or something like that. And these women were working talent. And some people may say, well, so what? And that's a between him and his wife. But no. And, it, oh, and, it, oh, and true. Oh, contraire, mon frere. Now, yes, he did pay him off. Was it was his personal funds? If it was, oh, what? Not illegal. Not illegal. But being that one of the people that he paid off was talent, so their salary went from something like $75,000 or $100,000 a year up to $300,000 right. a year after all of this happened. And then, when the contract was up for renewal, he didn't renew the lady's contract and fired her. And that's, that's illegal. Can't have a, you know, a subordinate under somebody of, of authority and you be able to dictate that. Literally, dictate it. Play on words. And then you got with the secretary, the legal secretary, she went from making, what was she making a year? I think she was making $100,000 a year. She would make more, put it this way, she started off already making more money than the talent in the ring and having health insurance. <laughs> and, and then after he kicks her to the curb, and gives it a big Johnny. He gives her a fucking another hundred to hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year. Now, if he if he's paying her, and she's corporate, and she's collecting a salary, that's, that's coming from company money. That's corporate funds being used to pay for the debauchery, and then that's illegal for the company. Right now, now. As Jericho said, the press is already not taking none of this serious. They're like, oh, it's just wrestling. Because wrestlers, for all the money they make, for how much money this company makes, the people involved in it are treated like interchangeable toys. Like, they have no feelings, no emotion. They're not even human. They're out there taking bumps and, and these fake falls, as you would say, for your entertainment. Until somebody dies. And then even when that doesn't prove, and that proves my point. When people die, even if it's in the ring, you will get a send-off of people standing on the damn uh, stage, and you get a 10-bell salute, a kick in the ass, and a watch, and it's time for you to go, like Jesse said. Your tribute show will be that show. And 
and Nell, and we will never speak about you again until one of your living surviving relatives signs a legend deal. <laughs> and then we might talk about you, because then we can make more money off you. Now, something tragic happens. They may talk about that a little more, but yet again, blame the when, same. When Owen died, they talked about it for maybe, <coughs> maybe, I think that lasted maybe three to four weeks, a month, before it was business as usual. I mean, literally, it was business as usual when they wiped the blood up out of that ring and they continued, continued that show. The because they didn't want to. They didn't want to let the fans down. What about who was watching this show? Well, the what show about the thousands on. of people that was in the audience that seen this man die? And was just basically eyes? traumatized. It was all about money. It had nothing about caring about anybody in the audience or Martha Hart and her family. So, you can spare me for uh, your altruism. So, that shows if you didn't give a fuck about that. And you want to see how much we can make money off of They sold t-shirts and pictures. And they wanted a video of this man's life. Luckily, Owen's wife had control of that shit. And she said no. Then they got mad and sued her. How's that? How is a big multi-million dollar company suing the widow of a man who died under your watch for some stupid shit that he didn't need to do? Because they thought they can get away with it. And then she countersued and won. But they don't like talk about that. She didn't. She didn't even want Owen at um, Vincent at her at you know Owen's funeral. But then that's when you have. I hate to say it, and you know. Family can be the worst, I swear to God. Because the threat's like, oh, they need to be able to come and pay their respect. They caused this. That's like bringing the hitman who assassinated a member of your family and letting him come to the funeral and say a few words. <laughs> you know what I mean? They caused it. Did they want? Did they actually want to do this? And actually that to happen? No. But, again, they caused it. And then they blamed him and went wrong. It was the riggers' fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna blame the riggers. You hired these people. You could you you couldn't have Owen come down the ramp as a bumbling superhero. He had to come from that ceiling. No, I, I mean you're not changing. No one's changing my mind on this. No, at all. And then it went from okay, it wasn't the riggers' fault. It's the building's fault. The building manager told us that these riggers were good, so we're gonna blame them now. So you now it's the, the arena that Owen died in. It's their fault because they hired the riggers that you told them to hire. Because the riggers they originally used couldn't make it that day. They were doing work for WCW. So we'll show them. We'll use these riggers and put these guys on the map. And we'll bury these guys that's working for WCW. No, the only person you buried you is Owen. Owen. And that's the sad part. And then if you couldn't go any lower... You blamed Owen. Maybe Owen got nervous. Maybe Owen wiggled around too much. Owen did this thing a couple times already. He knew what was coming. 
It ain't like he wanted to do it. He was trying to just make enough money so he could retire and be a fireman. How fucked up is that? He wanted a job where he really put his life in danger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. So now, I'm, there's a point to all this. So after all the dirt this company had done with the whole, I'm not, I'm not a crack dealer. But I know you have a addiction problem, chaos, and I'm not a crack dealer, and I know crack is your favorite drug of choice, and I will never sell it to you. But there's some right there on the table, and I don't know how it got there. But if it helps you do a better job at work, who am I to tell you you can't do it? You know it's illegal. I know it's illegal. But I don't know how it got there. Maybe one of the doctors dropped it off here. And that was the steroid trial. How can everybody be, at that time, the average WWF wrestler was 250 pounds. They were all bodybuilder-esque. And none of them were really workers. They, they were filming, and I get it. They were perpetuating the live-action superhero. Yeah. And this is not me saying steroids is a bad thing. I don't care. I personally think they should be able to do them. How do you, how do you, how do you like that? Because since you like the people like to say, well, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake, wrestling ain't real, then why can't they look the way they want to look? You ain't stopped Stallone from making a movie. You ain't stopped Schwarzenegger from making a movie. Dolph Lundgren, I can keep going. Dolph Lundgren, Van Damme, uh, uh, uh. Uh, what's my boy's name? Carl Weathers. Everybody in the 80s, when that was a, fa- a fad of being this big jacked up dude, you actually thought it was eating your, uh, saying your president, eating your vitamins? Mm-hmm. You're a fucking fool. Well, and yeah, you are taking your vitamins. It was yeah. a needle. Right. But the, and you know what kills me? You're, it, the first thing that people say is, it's a bad thing, because think about the children. So you're worrying about... If some stupid wrestler is out there getting juiced up to look a certain way, but it's okay for him to watch you drink a shit ton of scotch at home and beat the hell out of his wife. You don't see nobody going, hey, think of the children. No J&B for you unless you're in a uh, Lucio Fulci film. It's just, it's just that, the logic and the way they twist shit. And that includes... The politicians, because the politicians learned all this shit, ironically, from Vince. And then we had a fucking wrestling promo guy for fucking president for four years. Haven't you seen it? Wrestling has been infiltrating the fucking consciousness of this country and not in a good way. So now, after all this is said and done, he ducked, he escaped from having Owen's death on his, blood on his hands. He escaped from the federal government with the steroid John. Everybody else got in trouble but him. Mm-hmm. It took, like the old saying goes, my dad used to say, pussy has destroyed countries and raised cities. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Pussy is the downfall of, of world his, wrestling of his empire. Of his, of his personal empire. It sure is. Because he's so used to having his way, be it creative be it personal, be it in public, 
when he goes to talk to Bob Costas and he acts like a total dick to Bob Costas, who I thought was his fucking friend, who Bob Costas thought was his fucking friend. Mm-hmm. No, he got to go out there and turn into the evil Mr. McMahon and put on a show. When this shit broke down on a Wednesday, this moron on a Thursday, on a Friday, goes out on live TV and and starts strutting around like a rooster. Letting the people know, oh, I'm still here. I, I ain't going nowhere. I'm still here. And thank you for sticking with the W. Uh, thank you. I'm going to stick with you. And I'm glad the fans are sticking. We're going to stick with the fans. And the fans are going to stick with the WWE. Turn WWE upside down and the word me comes up. So it was a publicity stunt that went hor- horribly wrong. <laughs> Because now you are giving these people who are fucking aiming at you, basically saying, I'm standing in the light now. Can you shoot me now? And you can't tell me somebody in the back, his lawyer, his friend, somebody had to pull him aside and go, look, man, cut this shit the fuck out. Stay on the low-low on this shit. And I can hear him him like, this down. Jerry, I'm not paying you right now. And they even said, when he came into the back, everybody's mouth was gaped open like, what did you just do? And Vince said in so many words to everybody in the back, fuck them. Because he's cocky. Mm-hmm. Nothing can happen to him. And let's face it, he's a rich white guy in America. Nothing will happen to him. So don't go crying any... Uh, Tears out of a glass eye for him. He's gonna be fine. Unless he unless it's deeper than we think. And he's some Jerry Epstein type shit. You might find Vince hanging in the fucking gym a la Chris Benoit. When Chris Benoit's tragedy happened, they jumped the gun on that. Yep. They didn't know anything. All they knew was we can monetize this shit and have a a tribute show. We knew nothing about them end of it. They didn't wait for an investigation. They didn't even wait for the fucking first 48 hours. Went right for the day. And then all of a sudden, we need to now backtrack about anything that we just did. Not matter of fact, we ain't going to even mention that he worked here. Are you kidding you're the number one wrestling program in the world. Mm-hmm. You brag about it all the time. Number one in sports. And he was one of your former champions. Right. So and you now erase. But then again, then steroids come up. Because everybody's now an expert. And didn't need it and didn't help having all these ex wrestlers trying to get paid doing it. Because let's face it. I'm gonna give you guys a, a, a a peek behind the fucking curtain if you didn't know about it. In wrestling, just like Hollywood, that's, and let, let's, let's put that out there. Mm-hmm. Wrestlers not the only people to do it. In wrestling, we are trained and taught to fucking work everybody. Especially if you're really serious about this shit yep. and this is your living, which is not mine. So I didn't really have to do it, but I know how to because I've had done it. Yeah. And what that means is we are 
supposed to put on airs, as my mom used to say, or basically fucking fake. The wrestling is real. Being the person is the fake part. The physicality <laughs> is real. The personality is the not fake be. part. It's the fake part. And we are taught to cover up everything. There's an old saying, and they say it still happens. Thank God. If you notice, it hasn't happened in a long time. Ever since the uh, the, the the drug, uh, and I don't believe it's the drug test either. I believe it's just the lacks of. All right, let's keep the heavy shit out of the locker room. They want to smoke weed and drink. Don't let them drive. And have you heard of a wrestler dying in a car accident lately, or ODing in anything? Boy, the 2000s was horrible. It was every week. Yeah. Now, not at all. Not at all. The sad part is, you now see, when you see more of now that you didn't see back then. At most, you might see DUIs. No, no. What do you see now? That's very prevalent. Injuries. Yeah. There are more injuries now than it is back then. Not only did the work rate get better and the wrestlers are taking higher risks, even wrestlers who don't take high risks are being injured and happen to be off the shows. Why? Because they're not so cooked up and heroined up to go out there and mask the pain. Now they actually have, you know, health insurance. Even if they got to pay for it and they stay the fuck home until they get better. Yep. That's what you see now. That's the new thing. That's the new norm. That should be normal. That should have been the normal normal instead of <laughs> tape it up. And I, I, I admit to the mentality myself of work hurt. If you not me, I'm big punk. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about more or less uh, not not in wrestling. Because if, if I know I can't do that, I screwed up. I'm talking about I, like actually at work. If I'm sick. I'm, I'm alright, I'll go to work. But yeah, so if that but that was the one thing. That was they drilled were, in you. That was drilled in you. It's like, well, somebody might take your spot while you're at work. Right, and it's all manipulation. manipulation. It's all uh, making the most paranoid people in the world are perfect for wrestling. I ain't paranoid. Because I know when shit is coming my way and I know when it's bullshit. If someone tells me, like, you know, watch your back, XYZ, no, I'll watch my back, but I'm not paranoid about it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I ain't a fool and gonna be looking at some shit with no blinders on either. So, even in at the uh, ranks that we wrestled in, the paranoia ran wild. I mean, you would go into the locker room. We did it. We would go into the locker room, and people would be talking, and all of a sudden, get quiet. And it doesn't take a damn Sherlock Holmes to figure out, okay, somebody's been running their mouth about us. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'm not sweating it. I'll, somebody's going to slip up and tell us eventually, and then they usually do, and then we got to defunk it, and then you believe what you want to believe. Yes, ma'am. Can I bless? I swear. So, if you want to sit there and believe that bullshit that Tom Carter or whoever said, believe it. But guess what? It's only wrestling. Mm-hmm. I got a real job. <laughs> so I ain't worried about this shit. You can do that and believe that. 
Thank you very much. You're and it just kills me. So you can imagine if it happens in our ranks. It is built into them when they go to WWE. You can still see. They, people leave there. And it's almost like... I can't... I never met a slave, but I see it in the movies. God, I've seen it way too much. Thank God we ain't getting another slave movie no time soon. But it was always like... When you're a slave, you, you, were, you were scared, rightfully so, for your life. Every day, you lived under that master's thumb that he could snap his fingers and you would just end right then and there. But always when they escaped, it was like the weight and the shackles is lifted and they, they, they act different, they walk different. But still, the paranoia is still with them. The paranoia is always there. That maybe they're gonna catch me again and bring me back there. You know, just because Lincoln said so, don't mean that it was right. You know what I'm saying? And just like the and the paranoia in the uh, locker room, it doesn't matter. All right, the lower levels have more of the paranoia than some of the higher levels. Case in point, I some of them. Yeah, case in point, I did a a dark match on the WWE house show. And I had the Dawson's, the Rocks, the so on and so forth. Come up, hey kid, how you doing? All this other stuff. And it's the what we call, which hey, I'll be fine the curtain jerk, because then that means you gotta follow what I did. But I would have them giving me the side eye because if all of a sudden I did a little something better than they did, now they're all of a sudden fearing for their job. And that's what that's the fear they put in. We say, hey. Better do a good job. Right. But why would you go out there and want to do a bad one? We were literally told yeah, not to do good because you're making everybody else work harder. And you know what? Fuck you. That's your problem. So the way they fix that is they stop booking us. It's as simple as that. And, and you know what? I took that as a badge of honor to say, well, at least we know we were doing something right. Because I'm not going to sit there and give these people anything less. Now, my thing about the paranoia and the runaway slave uh, analogy is, I listened to a Jericho podcast. He had Tony Storm on there. She went up from being, oh, I don't want to talk bad about where I used to work, and I love the people there, and she was bubbly and Australian and fine. And this is a one-hour podcast. Listen to it yourself. And within... 30 to 40 minutes, her demeanor changes. Because Chris keeps trying to get information that she's kind of trying to sidestep. And she finally starts giving up the ghost. You can hear her sniffling in the background when she's crying. And Chris is apologizing, like, yo, I didn't know it was like that. You know what I mean? She's like, she tells this story that is so, when you hear it, you go, only in WWE was something like that happen. She did a show called the uh, the May Young Classic. Before it was called the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal, where they found out Moolah was a crazy psycho bitch. So she did the May Young Classic. They liked her enough that they booked her to win it. They booked her to win it. This and they said we got a contract waiting for you if you want to join our group. This is a girl who was a professional wrestler since she quit high school at age 14. 
She does not have life skills. She does not know how to do anything else but wrestle. So, of course, she went from living the dream, traveling the world in the Indies and working in the Japanese dojos to a superstar overnight. It sounds like a great dream. They said, you know what? You're already in England. Stay there because we're going to start an NXT branch in England. And you're going to be their champion, the women's champion. So, again, her dreams are coming true. She can't believe how fast this is happening. Her voice is giddy when she's telling the story. And then she said, they said, all right, kid, we're going to fly you back to Florida. That's the home of the original NXT. And from there, you get to go on the main roster, Raw or SmackDown. She was happier than a dog in, 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 in a fucking room full of cats. So... She says, is, is it sh- are you sure I can fly back to America? Because, you know, I think they're going to shut the airports down and they ain't going to allow no travel because this COVID thing is, don't worry about it. Everything's taken care of. We need you to break your lease of your apartment, sell anything you own, pack light, because we're going to take care of you when you get here. Yep. As soon as she gets her passport and all her paperwork, and she does everything they tell her to do, she's stuck at the airport for a week. She's now living at the airport like that Tom Hanks movie. Mm-hmm. They will not allow her or anyone to leave England to come to the United States. She, when she finally allowed to leave the airport, she is homeless. She has no money, and she got a bag and the clothes on her back. What, what is she supposed to do? Get a job as a waitress? She doesn't know how to do that. Get a job as a secretary? She doesn't know how to do that. Plus, said restaurants and businesses were closing. She was stuck living on the street. It took the love of other wrestlers who knew that she was stuck. Who, some, even resented her because she was getting the opportunity that they were not going to get. But they still had enough heart to allow her to sleep on the couch. And all they kept saying is, what's taking you so long? Why aren't you here? It's like they live in such a bubble that they don't know the reality of what's going on in the real world. They just don't. I mean, some of the characters friends come up with, they're fucking decades later of shit that was popular then. You know what I mean? And then if it's popular... He doesn't get it because he doesn't watch anything. If it's popular at the time, at the current time, he doesn't get it. Because like at the time, the when Pirates of the Caribbean was big, had Paul Burchill as a pirate. As a he pirate. didn't get it. I don't get it. But you know what he got? Incest. He gets that. Let's turn him. Let's take him away from a pirate. Give him a sister. Give him a sister. And have him. And they're in a relationship. And they're in a relate. Yeah. Because that made total sense. And now you hear, you hear what's going on now. It's just life imitating art, my mm-hmm. friend. Life Im- I remember when he wanted to use Stephanie as a character when she was pregnant. And saying that, let's make it instead of Triple H being the father and the baby, that it's me. That somebody had to put their foot down in there. I think Stephanie says, no, I'm not doing that. She's, that's the first time I think she ever said no to anything. But... Tony Storm is telling the story of how she was left in England for over a year and a half 
and they would send her a stipend just so she can help pay with the rent. They didn't even give her like money money. They gave her a stipend. So she still had to work these small indie shows that they could even put any on to feed herself. She lost all this weight and she wasn't sleeping. And uh, when she finally got okay to come back to America and they did it and they started things up. She said, okay, her dream is back. They, they, they fast tracked her. She put on some weight. Cause she looked sickly when I first seen her. Mm-hmm. And then they put her in the ring with Carrie Same because Carrie Same was one that helped her out in Japan. And she won the title. And she's like, oh man, it's happening. I, I, I went through some hard times, but it's happening. And then after a, 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 a couple months of champion at NXT, they were like, kid, we're moving you up. We're going to send you to Raw. So they sent her to Monday Night Raw. She spends weeks upon weeks. Imagine you got to fly to every, uh, every show, bring your gear and everything, get ready to go out and perform, only not to, but they tell you to sit in catering and we wait until we got something for you. You could have kept my ass at home. Because mm-hmm. now she's living in Florida at her then boyfriend's house because he was traveling in Japan, you know, before they got married. Yep. And so she could have stayed home, but nope. Every time that phone rang, she got on a plane, flew to wherever they told her to fly, and never used it. Then they said, We're going to move you to SmackDown. We got something for you. She was more than happy to take anything. And they were going to put her in a stupid love triangle. They did one episode and she sat for the rest of the year. That's when she had a nervous... From what you could tell, what she was going through, she was having a nervous breakdown. She started not sleeping again. She lost all this weight. And one day, I want to say they were in D.C. All right, we got something for you. We got something for you. We're going to put you in Charlotte. They were going to put her in the ring with the champ, Charlotte Flair. The match was fine. Charlotte was happy with it. Everything worked out great. And then a light bulb, she said, went off in her head. Then she said she packed up her shit out of the locker room and went to the hotel. From the hotel, the next day she booked a flight back to fucking Australia and never came back. She She's one of the few people who quit. And 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 sadly, usually it's a big brouhaha of how. How dare Sasha Banks just walk off without the title? Mm. We're going to do something with that title. Yeah, we're going to put it in the closet because there's nothing with it. Her and uh, Naomi. And and I think that there was another Australian who, during the show, show ended, he backed Backed up up his shit, and went home. Nathan Jones. He he could he told them early on, y'all can kiss my big white ass. I'm not doing this shit. Hey, thanks thanks for the but thanks for the flight back home. The point I'm getting at is it's not all that is cut out to be. And and, it, and especially when you have this out of touch old man running shit who took credit for way too many things that people give him credit for. He created The Rock. No, he didn't. Dwayne Johnson created The Rock. They were going to fire him before he started calling himself The Rock. He created Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, he didn't. Steve Austin created Stone Cold Steve Austin. You created The Ringmaster. You created Rocky Maivia. 
You created the Mantar. You you you, you wanted to create Ice Dagger and Chili McFree. Right. You created Mantar. You created a, a MVP, and not the good one. We're talking the Steve Lombardi version of MVP. You created he painted like a, a baseball. A knuckleball shorts. And they changed his name to that. You know what I mean? Or, or, or the goon, a hockey player that wrestled with hockey, hockey whatever. Blade. Again, these are just some of the things. And then now people are surprised of what he did in real life. That was a long-winded way of saying that none of this shit is surprised to anybody who watched this shit. The surprise would be if he gets punched. Because I don't see a punishment coming. And I, I don't. But pretty much also at the same time, I'm seeing parallels to him going through this now and his... I don't want to be rude, but can I take that so I can refill it? Mm-hmm. No, no, not just you guys are you're chilling. Oh, you're I'm talking good. about refilling this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Thank you. And, and his buddy... Donald Trump. Yeah. Who's now going, I said, now if he didn't, if his ego wasn't big, then he's like, I like to run for president. Right. Now, all of the legal stuff that is happening to him now would never have happened. Exactly. And the same with Vince. Being that he felt that he can get away with the stuff he was doing. Because he did. Because he, yeah. Just like Trump. Because he was getting away with it. He's getting caught. And, and, Chickens come home to roosters, so they speak. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, well, right now, Vince is gone from the company. So as far as for any personal yeah, stuff, and, and right now they Trump probably is gone from the presidency. But no one cares. This but, country uh, is built with people, oh, yeah. fickle people who, who who relish on reality TV. Reality TV. I, in my opinion, I think wrestling is the world's first reality TV show. That in the real world. You got people who are basically playing uh, exaggerated versions of themselves and um, putting them in very weird and stupid situations. And you might see a couple wrestling moves. Which is funny. the same thing. You bring that up because one of the longest lasting wrestlers in WWE right now Came from the real world, or was it? Yeah, yeah, this <coughs> sure did. And also, um, that uh, the whole FOMO thing of fair missing out, yeah, I believe that was created with wrestling when they said, Now, you don't want you don't want to go home while you're injured and not work because you might miss out on working. Right. All these dates and stuff. And it's like, some of the guys were like, yeah, I do want to work the dates. Right. I don't want to miss out on them. So, so they just instill that in. It's like, oh, well, we, 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 we kind of need you. You don't want to miss out on it. And it's weird. So you won't miss out on this seven city tour. Let's use that as the number. So you work hurt. You, you, you. Each match you do, not just match, just the travel and the mm-hmm. walking and the driving and the flying is doing more and more damage to whatever that's ailing you. And then, when you can no longer wrestle in the ripe old age of 37, 40 years old, yeah. now you're going to miss out on years of shit. 
you may miss out on seven years compared to that seven-day tour that you just got talked into mm-hmm. because you you were doing it for the boys and you were doing it for the business. And no, you didn't want to miss anybody out. who know anybody who has a brain in their head now. I, I like I like this. When people talk about you know the commitment of some of these guys, and, and it's stupidity. Because when football players are hurt, they don't go out there and continue to fucking run around. Nope. The company has an investment in keeping their longevity. You would think wrestling would be the same. Yeah, but uh, wrestlers are independent contractors. Yep. It took one independent contractor to turn that apple cart on its head. And it's not Hulk Hogan. It's Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He's proven how powerful he is today. This guy... Had a contract. He had a a four year contract. They spent millions on him. They built him up to be what they said the next big thing. And right when they were ready, before they popped that cherry on the Brock Lesnar pussy, he quit. I don't like this. He got up. He packed up his shit and left. He didn't like the way the, the touring schedule was. He didn't like hanging with wrestlers because he didn't like he didn't like the bullshit. No. He was probably the realest of the of, of, of a fake sport they say. He's probably the real one of the realest ones. Mm-hmm. He didn't put up with no bullshit. He didn't put up with practical jokers. You fuck with him, you risk death. <laughs> Simple as that. I mean I don't know how else to put it. Go ahead, shit in his bag. See what happens. See what happens. And when he left, thank you, thank you no When he left, he'll never work here again. Called him everything but a child of God. In years, you know, within within weeks, he shows up and he's IWGP World Champion in Japan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Goes to Japan, and they were like, "No, you got a you got a ninety day non complete." I'm Brock Lesnar. I'll do whatever the fuck I want to do. I don't care. And so, Brock was forced off the show because New Japan didn't want to get sued. Because they couldn't sue Brock because Brock didn't care. He literally mm-hmm. didn't care. Then he goes, you know what? I'm going to try to be a football player. He tried out. He didn't make the cut, but he tried out. Because mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a legit athlete. He's a beast. I'm a tough guy. I'll try UFC. And he never did that before. A collegiate wrestler went out there and they someone taught him a few fucking punches. He won. He he lost his first couple, two or three fights. But then he won the ones that really matter. But then he won the one that mattered, right? And, and then when Vince seen how much money that he was demanding from Dana White, Vince says, We gotta double that. Because now we can use his Notoriety, Notoriety star, we can hitch right again. He's hitching his wagon to one, to one guy, person. which we said is dumb. He did that in the 80s with the Hulk Hogan era, he did it in the 70s with Backlund, he did it in the 60s with Bruno. But then, when he when the attitude era came in the late 90s, the, the game landscape was different because once he tried to do it with Austin, mm-hmm. Austin went down as quick as he came up. <laughs> we need to fill that spot. Dwayne, get the hell over here and do, do, what, do that stupid shit you do. Then The Rock got big. Then The Rock got big and realized, I know my work, too. Mm-hmm. 
I want to make movies. Paul, Paul. No, get, no, get, no. Get up in here. Okay, get that movie thing out of your system. Paul, step on in here. Son-in-law, get in here and step in here. Old cowboy dude, you're going to be in here too if we need you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He had, that is the attitude error. Yeah. They had backup among backup, backup among, among backup. backup. Now that Roman Reigns is now working oh, the schedule wait. of Brock Lesnar. We don't have a, um, let's say, oh wait, hold on, single tie. Those are our injured. All right, we got a bunch of tag teams over here that you can, you, you we can, can watch. break apart. You can watch them, uh, and now that you're investing in them, we break them apart. We'll break them apart. And then they, then you take away what was special when they were together, and it doesn't translate to, to a single, single guy. And then they went back to that, uh, the, to the, the motto of, Hit your wagon to one guy. They did it with Cena, and they got lucky. Lucky because he stayed healthy for the most part. And when he wasn't, and when he wasn't, he could come back almost instantly. And, and, and if you know, or superhuman when, when he when they had Cena, and you had half of the audience hating him, but the half that liked him, the kids liked him too. Yep. So it balanced everything out. And it was the kids that was that kept him to go, kept seeing this guy. That was going. giving the merchandise. They've been buying merchandise while well, the parents of the kids right. buying merchandise. And then next, it was like, oh well, let's hitch it back to Brock. And, and, and then they pitch, they, they give it, they give it to Brock. And Brock, again, being the smartest guy in the room, says, "Okay, I'll, I'll be your champion, but I'm only wrestling six times a year <laughs> for all this money." Mm-hmm. I'll show up to promote those six times, so technically I show up 12 times a year. Yep. Anything after that, you got to pay me a bonus. Extra. And I want I want a personal plane. He was just making shit up just to see when they say no, and they mm-hmm. never said no. That's what I think. And then finally, after years and years and years of the fans wanting it, then they turn Roman heel and hitch the wagon to him. When it just, again, you feed him all these villains or, or baby faces and at the same time, they, they're under the predicament, oh, we, we're not going to kill them all because we'll just kind of repackage them and bring them back when we need them. What did I can't believe I can't. I literally forgot that Drew McIntyre was the WWE champion. And then I realized Roman Reigns is the guy who beat him for it. And Drew A never recovered from that shit. He's been in England, endless feuds with Sheamus for the last three years. <laughs> and God loves Sheamus. Hey, he happy. He making $3 million a year yep. doing nothing. So I ain't hating on him. I ain't no none of them. I, I, I laughed when I heard Roman Reigns said, you know what? I want to I wanna reduce schedule. Oh, you do know I'm suffering from leukemia, right? And that's all he has to keep is bringing that up. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he's trying to get into the movie. So once he finally gets his foot in the door, he's skating. The, he, but, but WWE will bleed the bloodline dry. Done, We're all good, man. Okay. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And, and, and he's got two good ends, maybe even three good ends, depending on how his relationship is with the people. Right. Because he's got Rock, he's got Cena, and maybe Batista. Batista. Yeah. So, 
So he's got people got that will have his back. Not especially all you need is Dwayne any goddamn hell, but who yeah. here? <laughs> but it's it's just Cousin. it's just sad that you know. I want this. I, I don't want this company to fail. I want it to be really good. Yeah, cause but it, they make it so fucking hard for me to root for them. I want it to survive for the workers. I don't even want it to survive for them. That's their job. I want it to survive for the fans. The real, true fans who was there for them. That yeah. they totally fucking pissed off oh, and ran away. Yeah, and I can admit to it. I, I, I am one of them. I don't, After I don't give a damn about them guys. Decades guys making good money. Decades and decades of loyalty. But, yeah. I mean, cause, and that was just like uh, when... Well, to the loyal fans. Because some of the fans just... Fairweather. Yeah, Fairweather. Because, like, as uh, soon as uh, AEW popped up, everybody was like, Alright, let's this person go. Let's this person go. Let this person go. And when it came to the, uh, the to Kevin Owens, he was like, No, I'm not going to AEW. He's paying me enough money so I can feed my family. And that's fine. And, yeah. You guys have a great night and Thank a beautiful weekend. It was Thank a pleasure, you, guys. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And, and that was, and, and it's like, and that's Emerald. He's like, yeah. I, I like, I like, I don't know if you know about this little quick story before we get ready to end this shit. When 2.0 got let go, they were the hottest thing. They were building up something really nice at NXT. Then Vince said, you know what? Let's change this black and gold brand and just make it fucking acid washed and crazy and Get rid of everybody that made the show work. Mm-hmm. So 2.0 got fired. Let go. And they got let go free and clear because they were on an NXT yeah. fucking the NXT contract. contract. Kevin Owens is the one who calls Chris Jericho up and says, Yo, can he be on, can 2.0 be on your, your podcast just so they can get their name out there? That's all. I just want to see if they're friends of mine from Canada. Mm-hmm. Let, let Matt Parker and them get their names out there. and Maybe they can get some indie work with your name behind it. It's Jericho and yeah. Owens are friends. They show up. They go to Jericho's house. Jericho did not want this done in his house. He didn't know these guys. Mm-hmm. They do the podcast. They hit it off. Tony Khan hears the fucking podcast and goes, are they still in Florida? Yeah, why? Tell him to come to talk. The rest is history. Yeah. Kevin Owens got that ball rolling. And, mm-hmm. I, and my hat goes off to him for that shit. And now Vince was back there probably freaking out going, who are these guys? Dude, you used to fucking... They wrestled for you and you did nothing with them. Yeah. Now know. they're just goofy and I love it, you know. But again... Daddy Magic Fingers. All, all this to say is if Vince is truly gone... There's going to have to be a rebuilding process. Yes. You're going to have to be a new talent hired in front of the camera, behind the camera. I hope they're going to have to change their attitudes. Creative? Creative. They just got to. This is not going to be an overnight fix. This, I say there will be good... I would give... I'd say I'd give them two good years. Two years. I was going to say, depending on how serious they are about it, and the people that they put right. in place. Or they can just keep on doing the same stupid, boring shit. I say, if they're smart, after two years of rebuilding, 
they could open the fucking forbidden door. Can you imagine the money they could make with a WWE? But uh, AEW show. And, and, but here's also the other thing: they also need to step it up a bit because yes, uh, NBC Universal gave them what was it five billion dollars yeah, yeah, for yeah. five years or something. Uh-huh. We're what into the we're, we're, the two years. We're, we're in like two and a half years. Two and a half years in now. into that. So if they don't like the way that things are going towards the end of that, it can be like, yeah, that's good. We're good. Yeah. Our, 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 our thing is working fine now. You were the push star <laughs> yeah. of, of our little streaming service. Yeah. And so yeah, they need to keep that money as far as if they want to keep the money rolling. But you also got to please. The networks or whatever that's the on shareholders. the shareholders and the networks is because and that's the one thing. The one thing Tony Khan has over WWE now is that he's the new Vince McMahon. Back then, Vince didn't have to answer for anybody. Just as long as he could sell commercials, yep. they were happy. So with this, that being said, Vince needs to do one thing: out of sight, out of mind. That's two things. But you know, <laughs> or. or like you said, some people just need to know when to shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. Stay up. Go to the beach. Get your hair cut. Stay in Greenwich. Do whatever you like to do. And the sad thing is, he's just Tony Storm. He's a 77-year-old Tony Storm. He does not know anything else. Mm-hmm. He, can so, go, he can go in a dark room and just start sneezing. He could just... If, 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 to get his wrestling fix... He needs to stay home and watch wrestling. Watch some of the shit he did in the past. Yeah. And shit that he did in the, in the di- and not so distant past and the shit he's doing in the present. Maybe you'll see something. Because he's so and, into the, you can't see the forest before the tree. And watch something else besides his shit. Never does. Never does. That's why he doesn't know who anybody is. But now, and, and if he doesn't do all that, he needs to take a nice, long, hard look in the mirror and go, what the fuck did I just do? Well, that was right, pal. No, what did I do? You, you had everything, and it self-destructed because of your own inflated steroid viewed ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, again, I want the company to do well. If Vince doesn't want to take fucking uh, advice from anybody, why start now? Fuck them. So with that. That's what's going on with Vince McMahon in the WWE from what we know as of today. 72222. So with that, we'll see you when we see you. Say the butt.